episode 115 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lepore and Anthony Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. We really appreciate the support from everyone in GFP Nation. We are nearing the start of the NHL season. It's getting exciting. Now, listen. Players have not reported a training camp yet. That's going to happen soon. But we're still extremely excited because there is some juicy news going on. Mm-hmm. Mike Babcock. I mean, no matter where this guy goes, there's always something. There's yeah. always something with that guy. And now he's in the middle of a scandal in Columbus. So most of this episode is going to be us breaking down this whole situation with Babcock and the Columbus Blue Jackets players and him asking for photos on their phones. This is a bizarre situation. The NHLPA has gotten involved. So we're going to give you our thoughts and opinions on everything that's going on with that. And we're also going to talk about the NHL's Eastern Conference. And Lapore and I are going to have a little back and forth. We're going to go over some different scenarios that could play out this season. So I promise you, you want to stay tuned until the very end of this podcast because it's going to be great. But before we get into all that, it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore, how are you doing today, man? Anthony Bruno, as always, happy to be here recording a pod. It's a sunny day here in uh, the nation's capital, and we're in mid-September, so positive news. But uh, speaking of sun, Bruno, you look a little dark. You want to tell the audience why? Yes, Lepore, I got a little tan going on. That's because I just got back from Portugal. Oh, I thought you were going to say a little gym tan laundry in Woodbridge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm past the GTL days. You know what? There was a point where I was partaking in a little bit of GTL. I'm not going to lie during the whole Jersey Shore craze. Like, buddy, I I dabbled in that a little bit. Yeah, you had the tanning bed in in your house. (laughs) No, I didn't go that far. (laughs) I wasn't like Pauly D with the tanning bed in my house. That's just outrageous, but... Yeah. No, I, I I was in Portugal, so that's why uh, we haven't recorded a pod in the last little while. But it was uh, amazing. My first time in Portugal. Great country. Great sightseeing. Amazing beaches. Uh, so I, I would definitely recommend going if you haven't if you haven't been. Yeah, it's, I, I have not been, but it's definitely on the list. You see pictures and videos of Lisbon. Um, all the streets, just beautiful. They have the uh, the tile everywhere, and the Portuguese are known oh, for that. Amazing. So. Yes, and obviously the beach is there. Yeah, definitely on the list. We'll head up Portugal. We might have to do an episode from, uh, <laughs> from Portugal, from the be- from, from the, the beaches, beaches of, of Portugal. Portugal, man. Yeah, going worldwide at GFP. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, let's uh, let's jump right into this because this is some of the juiciest news in the NHL in a while, yeah. and it's it's funny because. The NHL, it's not like the NFL or the NBA with like the 24-7 news cycle and throughout the whole offseason in those sports, it feels like it's just as busy news-wise as it is in season sometimes, which is pretty crazy. Whereas the NHL, summer hits after the draft and free agency, it's like everyone just goes golfing and they're at the cottage and like there's this lull. So I feel like people were just craving something and... This isn't the most positive news, honestly, because it's another Mike Babcock scandal and Babs is up to his bullshit again. But uh, Lepore, we have to go over this. So I'll just kind of lay the foundation real quick. So earlier this week on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, Paul Bissonette and Ryan Whitney were talking about um, some texts that 
specifically Biz Nasty had received from anonymous players mm. about Babcock being up to his shit again and essentially asking Columbus Blue Jackets players. And I believe this also kind of went into like coaches and management as well. Like these guys would come into, into the coach's office when they first met the guy, because keep in mind, he just became Blue Jackets head coach in the summer. And he would ask to see photos on their phone. And not only would he ask to see these photos, according to Paul Bissonnette, he would ask them to plug it into the airplane so that Babcock could see the photos on a large screen in his office. Okay. And Boone Jenner, captain of the Blue Jackets, responded and said, it's no big deal. Like, we're just building a relationship with Babs. Like, I didn't feel uncomfortable whatsoever. I thought it was totally fine. Johnny Gaudreau, another veteran on the team, said the exact same thing. The Blue Jackets released a statement. It seemed like they were kind of squashing it. But where there's smoke, there's fire. Paul Bissonnette stood by his comments and said, no, like, I've been hearing from multiple players. And and it seems like some of those texts, Lepore, I don't want to speculate, may have been coming from some former Leafs, maybe a former Red Wing. Who knows, right? But it, it looks like he's been doing this now at multiple stops. And we don't have all the details. But again, I kind of believe Paul Bissonnette in this case. Anyway, yeah. I'll kind of go through the timeline here before I ask you for your thoughts and opinions on this. Then it got escalated because an Elliot Friedman reported that the NHLPA and their representatives had a meeting with the Columbus Blue Jackets players and described it as intense. And then the NHLPA also met with the NHL at the NHL head office in New York City and now everything seems to be up in the air and Babcock's future in Columbus is, is honestly in doubt at this point. Like he could get fired. He could yeah, get were... fired before we even release this podcast, Lapore. So it seems like there's an ongoing investigation. We don't know how this is going to play out, but this does not look great for Mike Babcock. No, there were some reports today that he was going to be fired by the end of the day. Like Jeez. I heard there was buzz and then I checked nothing from uh, Friedman or Chris Johnson, any of those guys, but there was buzz that uh, Columbus was going to lay the hammer down or they're going to be forced to lay the hammer down. This is a tough one. This is a real and true tough one to look from on the outside and listen to these stories because here comes biz on spit and chicklets and it goes viral. Him informing us of what he's been told is happening in Columbus and because of Bob's reputation, because of the stories from guys like Mike Medano, Commodore, and how much Bob's is what he is, you weren't surprised the Marner story. It was like, here we go again, like you said, right? This guy, unbelievable, cannot just get out of his own way. So I'll admit it. That was my reaction. Like, Jesus, we're like early September, early to mid-September, and this guy's already getting in trouble. He hasn't coached a game yet. Shocking, right? But... What I find so interesting about it is Boone Jenner, like you said, released a statement right away, literally within hours of, the, of this news breaking. And Columbus uh, was part of the statement as well. The Jackets were part of the statement. And people could say that, you know, that's just PR cover up from Jenner's side and from the Jacket side. But I think it's tough because it happened so quickly and Columbus could have made a statement and just stayed neutral. Like we're aware of what occurred. We're investigating blah, blah, blah. They could have given one of those. Whereas no, they, they defended Bob's from how I read it. They did. Yeah. And Boone Jenner, same thing. And like you said, then Goudreau 
went over it again and said he had no problem with it. He was okay with it. He was just getting to know me. Yeah, like Goudreau, sorry to cut you off, Lepore, but he said that like Babcock was sharing pictures of his family and right. Goudreau was all excited to show pictures of his family and, and his young child. I believe he just had a young child, I want to say, like within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. So like for, I guess for the veterans, it seemed like normal, but Elliot Friedman specifically mentioned in his article that the issue arose when new information came to light that the younger players on the team were not exactly comfortable with this. Yeah. It's again, it's tough because all it takes is it's all interpretation. So if one guy's like, yeah, he wants to get to know me, look at my pictures. Another guy might take it as why the fuck do you want to look at my pictures? So then if you get that guy texting biz and then, you know, bids biz reads it how he is. So I don't necessarily think biz was just lying. I mean, I'm sure he appreciated the content and then he was going to, I wondered that though, when him and Witt responded on Twitter to when Columbus was defended. Now I was thinking, is this for content? I'm not saying hundred percent sure it was, but it crossed my mind. Like for them, it's, it's beautiful. It's magic. They're going yeah, viral, like that, right? that R rated tweet that biz nasty sent back like his response. Like, I mean, I could go find it and read it now, but I'm sure most of you hockey fans have probably seen it. Like yeah. I, I kind of had the same thoughts as you, Lepore. I'm like, wait, is Paul Bissonnette just doubling down here and sending out this ridiculous response? And this is just all a content play. Yeah. But now that we, we see this investigation that's been opened up, like there is clearly something here. And that's why off the top, I said that I, I believe honestly what Paul Bissonnette is reporting, even though he's kind of crazy, he's maybe not the most trustworthy source, but where there's smoke, there's fire, especially with Babcock. Yeah, it's so interesting. It'll be so interesting to see how when it comes out, because again, Columbus was so quick to defend it, but they have to be running their own investigation. I mean, if I was the president or general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, I would be on the phone with each and every player saying, what happened at this meeting? Were you comfortable? Were you uncomfortable? And go from there. Because even, I guess the NHLPA is going to get involved since this has to do with players, but him being fired, It'd be kind of strange now since Columbus defended it already because that's the decision. I mean, the NHL can't make Columbus fire the coach. I'm sure maybe the NHLPA can put something forward. But then if that's the case, like the the NHLPA would only move forward with something like that if the player, if this really affected the players in a negative way. And if that's the case, well, then Columbus would want to fire him. So I guess it'll get figured out, but... Very very tough situation to analyze, and I think we'll be able to make our judgments simply on the result. If Babs is fired, because I think we talk about this all the time, Bruno, coaching in the NHL, coaching, X's and O's, the P1, P2, P3 bullshit, it's all crap. It's how much the players like you, want to play for you, and are willing to go to war for you. That's it. Really. Who cares? If, if you're the best X's and O's guys in the world, but you're a an asshole, I'll say it. Nobody cares. Mike Keenan. Last time I checked, he's coaching the Italian national hockey team. This is a guy that was coaching the Philadelphia Flyers to Stanley Cup finals. He coached uh, Team Canada in the Canada Cup. He coached Gretzky when he went to the Blues. And now he's coaching the Italian national team because no one likes him. So I'll make my judgment just based on the result. If Babs is fired, well, something must, it must be true, like true, true, that a lot of players were uncomfortable. And if he's still there, then I'll be like, you know what? There was just a misinterpretation and I'll think it was the right call. Because like I said, all it takes is like two guys 
to be like, what do you mean you want to see my pictures? And who knows? And at the end of the day, these guys are people. These players are people, even though we look at them differently because they're professional athletes. All it takes a little bit of insecurity or, again, misinterpretation to think, oh, he wants to spy on me. And I'll, again, all it takes is a couple guys to, to, to find that to go to feel this way to text biz and now it blows up. And then even that, well, the NHL now is going to run an investigation or the NHLPA, I should say. So I'll judge it by the end, but if he keeps his job, it'll mean that the players are content to have him around. And at least the veterans, the guys that matter are. So if he keeps his job, I'll push it under the rug. Those veteran players were in such a tough spot. And I'm talking about Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau, because think about it. Like this guy gets hired in July as their new head coach. And it's not like the blue jackets are considered like this great team and oh, they're going to make the playoffs this year because of Babcock. But it's like, all right, like they're building up like this nice young core. They just, they just drafted Adam Fantilli. They landed Goudreau in free agency last year. I mean, they were horrific last season, but then they bring in Babcock. It's like, all right, like we're making some progress here and training camp hasn't even opened. And now this shit drops on them. And it's like, I think those veterans were in a tough spot. It's like, what are they supposed to say? Were they going to come out and just sewer him? Yeah. It seemed like Jenner and Gaudreau genuinely did not feel uncomfortable about anything. Like, And again, it's like what you said. I think the whole thing is open to interpretation, right? It's like, if you're an older guy with a family and kids and Babcock's like, oh, what were you up to this summer? Like, I'd love to see some of your photos of your trip to Italy or something like that. And then mm. Johnny Gaudreau's like, oh, great. Like, you know, here's my here's my my kid, my wife. Here's my my father and mother. And we went on this trip and that trip. And then Babcock showing pictures. But if you're like Adam Fantilli, you were just <laughs> drafted. You're a teenager. And Babcock's like, hey, I want to see your phone. Uh, show me some pics of what you were up to this summer. And I don't know, but... Some of these young guys, uh, who knows what they've been up to in the summer, right? Yeah, like, well, what did Biz say? Like the throbbing dick pics that were going to show up on the big yeah. screen? Like, who knows? Oh, right? he sent out a great tweet. Oh, God, I got to pull it up because I was just like cackling at it. Oh, man, I got I got to go. Maybe you can go through his timeline and find it. But yeah, it was anyway. It's like these younger guys on the team, right? Like. They were who they were partying all summer. Maybe listen, not all young guys are like, oh, I'm just gonna come into the NHL. I'm a single guy, I'm gonna party all day. But I'm sure there's a lot of guys who are still doing that. And I'm sure there's several blue jackets players who are like, shit, I don't want to show Babs my my phone. I just met the guy and he's asking to see pictures. It's just so weird. It's like, can Babcock just learn from his mistakes? Like the shit that happened that came to light about Johan Franzen in Detroit, where he like just berated the guy and then this guy had like mental health issues and it caused him to spiral out of control and then the whole thing with Mitch Marner in Toronto where he asked I believe Marner at the time was a teenager and he asked him to rank his Leafs teammates based on work ethic and not only did he do that he then shared Marner's list with yeah. the entire team Ugh. and then it's coming to light that he was also doing this in in Toronto the whole pitcher sharing bullshit like even Nazem Kadri came out he was asked by a reporter and Kadri actually had the same response as Jenner and Gaudreau Lepore, where he said yeah like this happened in Toronto but it wasn't really a big deal but then you have all these anonymous texts that Biz Nasty's getting and they're like yeah like fuck this guy like he needs to be exposed who knows like maybe that was coming from a former leaf so again it just seems like the whole thing has been open to interpretation based on 
you know, who you are, where you are at, at, in life. Like, again, if you're a family man, sure. I'll show, I'll share my pictures, but if you're a younger guy and you've been out with like strippers and you've been at the clubs and stuff like that all summer, it's like, no, I don't want to fucking show you what's on my phone. It's just, it's an invasion of privacy. It's like, can't you just stick to fucking coaching? Can you not just stick to coaching and the X's and O's and getting the team to like you? It just seems like he has no awareness whatsoever about what's right and what's wrong in 2023. And I don't think he learned a single thing from his time off when he was coaching like the Saskatchewan Huskies, the university team and waiting for his next NHL opportunity. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think the guy has learned a single thing since he's been out of the NHL. It's time for a quick break because today we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's platinum package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com using our exclusive code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Lapore Manscaped just doesn't miss. They do not miss Anthony Bruno. And let's face it, when you're taking care of your baby makers, you want to use quality products. Take some time, look at the Manscaped labels, and you will see it's all A-plus ingredients. Some of these other companies, it's an absolute fucking encyclopedia of shit that's put in there. You do not want to put that on your boys. You want to make sure your boys can swim. So go ahead, manscaped.com, use the promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. If you're not treating yourself to some Manscaped products, I don't know what the hell you're doing because you're going to look good, you're going to feel good, and you're going to play good by going to manscaped.com and using our code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com, use code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, you'd have to see exactly what the verbiage was and how we delivered it. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be your coach. Let me learn a little bit about you. Show me some pictures of you. You married, man. You got a dog. You got a family. You know, show, show me what you did during the summer. If it was asked like that, I mean, really, what could be taken that way? Yeah, like that like, seems innocent enough. Could he have been or give me your phone? Or show me your face delivered it like that. Well, no, what do you mean? But if he opens it up with, I'd like to get to know you. Show me your family. Show me your girlfriend. Show me your dog. Show me the vacation you went on. You golf this summer? Like those conversations. I don't know, man. It's tough for me. Like you seem full blown on side. He's still an asshole. And it was a big mistake. I'm still on the fence, I think. Because I, I maybe I give people too much credit sometimes. But could he have, could he be that stupid? Could he be that stupid? It's not to that be... he's stupid, Lapore. I think he just completely lacks like awareness for like what's acceptable in society these days. And again, like I don't want to like maybe society's gone a little bit soft with certain things, but it's just like why are you like? There's other ways to get to know your players and for your players to like rally around you and and like you as a coach. 
And you don't have to go down this route where you're telling players to put their photos on airplay so you can see it on the large screen in your office. Like, it's just fucking weird. Even if it was asked in an innocent way, like, it's just weird. Like, if you ever had, I don't know, like a coach when you've played sports growing up or even like, I don't know, like even like a teacher or a boss at work that did anything even remotely close to this. Like, it's just fucking weird, Lepore. That's the way I look at it. The, The more I think about it, though, it all comes down to one thing right why the fuck was he hired in the first place whatever happened here it's like columbus could be there and saying you know babs did nothing wrong but you put yourself in this situation because you hired him and let's face it it's about there's there's more sensitivity to this than it would be another coach because of babs history for example, like if Keith did, I mean, he's not new, but if Keith did that, it's like, well, he has no reputation of being a weirdo or sewering players. Whereas now I, players almost have their guard up, I would think. So maybe they're a little bit defensive, but I found the tweets from Biz and Whitney and uh, Biz uh, has a hard time with English, but I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Tell Babs to knock off the bullshit. Enough with putting guys on the spot in the coach's room, asking them to link their phones up to airplane mode and grilling them. I've had tons of players confirm it. Smarten the fuck up, Babs. Shove your statement up his ass, he wrote. (laughs) And then Whitney wrote, when players from Columbus make a statement that the categorizations of Babcock from Miz and myself are false, just know that's bullshit. I feel bad putting the players in a tough spot, but Babcock is a complete weasel and should not be coaching in the National Hockey League fucking awesome man wow yeah and you know one of my favorite tweets of this whole saga it, it came from mike commodore oh fuck you literally go. all he said lapore like this had me laughing and, and it was literally a two words he said morning folks so it was the morning yeah. after all this shit went viral he wakes up and just tweets out morning folks and you know exactly where <laughs> yeah. mike commodore is going after that because he is like the poster guy for everything to do with Mike Babcock because he's like the first NHL player who's publicly come out and like sewered him and sort of exposed him for who he is. I don't know. It's like, are are we being a little bit unfair as just like a hockey community towards Babcock Laporte? Like, is it now just like open season on him because of the stuff from the past? So it's like any little misstep this guy has now, is it is there a case of like it just gets blown out of proportion because it's Babcock? Well, like, that's exact that's exactly it. And that's what I was referring to with why Columbus hire him because they should be aware of that. But I don't know. And again, we can talk about this all day about coaches and the relationship with players. So I'll tell a story, Bruno. So back in the day, I had um, I'll call it a connection with the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? And I remember they were playing the Sens. And there's the area you can go down under the building where all the players come out and they sign autographs. Rick Nash was there. And I was speaking to one of the players and out came uh, Hitchcock. Okay. And he just was like, oh, fuck, here comes Hitchler is what they called. And just he was just rolling his eyes and talk about how the entire team hates his guts. And here's the Columbus Blue Jackets who are, you know, pretty shit all the time and they have this coach that they hate right so i I don't understand we talk about this all the time with these coaches it is just a merry-go-round of coaches they're recycled hire a guy from the chl hire a guy from europe college hockey is huge now in the states in the ncaa 
if you could, I'll say it, it's probably a harder job to coach in the NCAA than it is the National Hockey League. You're a coach, you're a GM, you're a recruiter, you're dealing with boosters, a university, everything. But you never hear, oh, so-and-so from, I don't know, Boston College is now coaching the Philadelphia Flyers, right? I mean, there are examples, but you know what I'm saying, where you think that would be more the trend. And you look at the NFL, it's always the coordinators, right? It's like, okay, which team had the best defense last year? Well, that defensive coordinator must be good. So then he gets a shot somewhere to be a head coach, which it's fair. At least you're giving guys a shot and, and it's new blood. But hockey's weird, man. I, I don't I don't know why they do this. And in the case of Babs, okay, what a fall from grace. This guy, man, this Absolutely. I remember. And it's crazy where he I, was when Canada was winning Olympic gold medals and all the success he had in Detroit. And even his, you know, when he first kind of came on the scene with that with that run with the Anaheim Ducks. And now yeah. to see where he's fallen, you nailed it, man. It's insane. Man, he, he was like, and it sounds kind of weird now, but at that time, it was essentially no debate. Babs is the best coach in the National Hockey League. No debate based on the style Detroit played and, you know, getting picked by Canada. And my point with the Canada thing, people always say, oh, look at the team, the code. Well, every team Canada is amazing. But the fact of the matter is important hockey people picked that guy to be the coach. So that there's a reason for that. And then the Leafs, here are the Leafs with all these young players. Everyone knows they're on the rise, the excitement. And he leaves Detroit to come to Toronto. And man, like, do you remember, we were all glowing, weird to say we were all going after a loss, but when they lost to Washington, that game six in overtime, and the crowd, the players were doing that stick thing, and Babs did, I think he did like kind of like a wave or a fist pump, and the crowd went crazy. And it was like, oh my God, Babs is going to bring us to a cup. <laughs> that, that, that was the feeling. Lamar, the I don't coach. care who you are, like, there's not a single Leaf fan in existence that was not excited when the leaps first hired Mike Babcock. Don Cherry was singing on him or uh, coach's corner, just in ecstasy. When, when he was hired, we thought like, Hey, this is it. Here's this guy taking a chance on Toronto. I mean, the numbers I'm sure enticed him a bit. And by that, I mean the financial numbers, but weird, man. It, you think, think of that summer. Remember, it was almost like he was a big free agent. It's like, who's going to was like him? landing the biggest free agent player. Yeah. Like when we found out that Babcock was on a flight to Toronto and then we heard that the Leafs were going to like $50 million floating out there. And it's like, oh my God, we're just, it's like, who cares? Give him as much money yeah, exactly. as possible. Like we don't give a shit. Just bring in Mike Babcock. Like, oh my God, team Canada, Mike Babcock, Stanley cup winning head coach, bring this guy in. He's going to lead us to the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. And there was even, I remember following on Twitter and it was like, you know, so-and-so team is out. So-and-so team is out. So-and-so team is out. They start getting excited. It's like, well, they're, you're running out of teams and the, and the Leafs are still, are still in it. How excited we were. Weird, man. Uh, a book. Uh, it Babs came out with a book, I think, while he was coaching the Leafs. A book when he's done, done. Maybe written by someone else. who By Mike Commodore players. and Paul Bissonnette. Yeah, well, I'm sure they're working on that. <laughs> yeah, that that's great. They're going to start a, a separate podcast just talking about Babs. But... Again, like what a roller coaster, man. What a roller coaster. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I actually love the point you brought up about coaches like Mike Keenan and Babcock and Ken Hitchcock and how players hate their guts. If you think about it, all of those coaches are from the same era, even Daryl yeah. Sutter for that matter, right? John Tortorella. 
Yeah, the old guys. They're all from that era where the players fucking hate their guts. And what happens is that sometimes they'll come in and there will be a stretch of one to two years where it works Mm -hmm. and they get people to buy in and they get the entire organization to buy in, but then they wear you down. They just wear you out when it's the same bullshit day after day. So maybe it works for a year or two. And you turn things around real quick, and it's like, oh, wow, Daryl Sutter, he came in and he worked his magic. John Tortorella, oh, my God. Now, all of a sudden, this team is playing great defensively, and our goaltending's better, and things are working. And then the next year, people start to get tired of it. And it's the same thing with all these guys. Ken, and, and a lot of these guys have been very successful, but I think we've entered an era now where that shit just doesn't fly anymore. Ken Hitchcock, Mike Keenan, Daryl Sutter, John Tortorella, Mike Babcock. They're all cut from the same cloth. It's as simple as that. Yeah. What's strange is the lack of awareness of how, when I say coaching, I mean, the personality of coaches has changed as well as the personality of players. Okay. So I've said on the pod before, I'm around my nephew's hockey team. Um, I was one of the coaches last year and we grew up and I'm like, I sound like an old person here. But we grew up with a coaching style of like hard motivation, backs against the wall, let's go. And essentially cornering, like cornering the player into like, you got to get this done, right? It's black or white. We got to win. We were totally in that era and it was okay. You could talk to kids like that, right? And I see these kids today and here I am again, sounds like an old person. You can't do that. And when I say you can't do that, I'm not even pointing to political correctness. They don't respond to that. They do not respond to that. And like, we'll say it, the the famous Canadian stories of, you know, you driving from the rink with your dad or to the rink with your mom or dad and like the speech they would give you of like, okay, Bruno, this is the championship game. This team beat you last time. You have to give it to them and show them you guys are bad. That doesn't work on kids now. It's just positive reinforcement, and we're going for ice cream after. And people can laugh at that, and they can judge it all day long, but we're here now. And I find it so amazing that these teams and these management groups don't recognize that. Because let's face it, the NHL is a young league. So these coaches, I mean, these coaches who are getting recycled, I mean, Babs, Babs brought the Ducks to the finals in 02. Yeah, 02, 03, I believe. Was it? a long ass time. Oh, sorry, no. 20 years ago. It was 03 because it was Jersey they lost to. Yeah, it was Jersey they lost to. So think of that. We're almost 20 years ago. There's players in the league that were not born and essentially the rest of them were babies and children. So it's a whole different era of people. And like I said, you can judge it all day long. You can call kids soft, right? And that's kind of our natural reaction because that's what we grew up on, that type of coaching. Yeah, Remember that's how the- I grew up playing minor hockey. That's 100%. what my dad used to do on the way to the game. Coming home from the game, if I played a shitty game, he would lay into me and be like, you were trash. The Bruno. coaches would yell at us. Like, it was a different time. And I, I totally believe everything you're saying, Lepore, because you're in rinks all the time. You're in minor hockey rinks every week with your nephew. And I know that you see what's going on these days with the coaching styles and how the players respond. So, I mean, it's a, it's a different world, man. Yeah. Like 
I, I have memories of, so a little background story on Michael Lepore. So growing up athletically, my main focus was soccer and I played like house league, a hockey. And I remember being in a tournament and we we're in the championship game and my line was on early and we got scored on. And again, we were kids, kids. I don't remember exactly how old, but maybe 10 or 11 or something like that. We get scored on, we get to the bench. Our coach ripped us an asshole. He ripped us a full-blown asshole. And this is house league. And we were, we were kids. And no one thought anything of it. No, Nothing. you're like, ah, oh, this is just normal. This yeah, this is, is normal. No, no parents talk. complain. No parents complain. Oh, they, yeah, they, they were shit. Give it to them. Like, that, was kind of the, that was kind of the opinion. But things have changed. And I find it amazing how these teams, management groups, they don't recognize it. That it's just different. It's just different. And even beyond sports, I always make the point that in a lot of cases, whether it's sports or business or politics, the reason why things seem kind of behind the times all the time is because, let's face it, the people making decisions have been around a long time. So they're old. So they have old school mentalities. But in this world of sports, it is your job to recognize that. And I find it unbelievable. It's embarrassing, to be honest. And you know what else? I'll finish with this, Bruno. Columbus is getting what they deserve now. You guys were a joke all last year. You hire Babs. Everyone's laughing at you. And I'll even say maybe Babs did nothing wrong, but you put yourself in this situation by hiring him. Bingo. You could have hired anyone. Anyone. No, let's go with him. Well, rightfully or wrong, wrongfully, people are going to shit on you because of the reputation of this guy. It's crazy. It's craziness, Bruno. So to close out this conversation, then, if you had to put your money on it, do you think Babs is going to get fired? No. No. I think the players, I think the Goudreau speaking, Jenner speaking, I think that's going to save him. I, I think that I think that's going to save him. Laporte, and Columbus, for that matter. I have this... this suspicion that something is <laughs> happening behind the scenes right now, especially with all of these tweets from Elliot Friedman, the NHLPA had a meeting with Columbus players. And again, they described it as intense. And then the NHLPA, their representatives met with the NHL representatives in New York city at the NHL head offices. And, and I'll, I'll read the, the latest tweet from Elliot Friedman here before I tell you what I think is going to happen as I pull it up from Fridge here. So, <laughs> NHLPA officials Marty Walsh, Ron Hainsey, and Don Zavello met with the NHL earlier today at the league's New York City office regarding the matter involving Mike Babcock. During this meeting, we provided the NHL with an update on our ongoing review. We do not have any further comment at this time. This thing is... It should not have gotten this far, and because the season hasn't started yet, I think this gives the Blue Jackets an out here. I think they're going to fire him. I actually think Babcock is going to get fired before training camp opens. Like, we will see what happens over the next 24 to 48 hours, but I have a weird, weird feeling that he is going to get fired and that this is not going to end well. You know what just popped in my head is kind of interesting. So Ron Hainsey now is in this role. Former Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Ron Hainsey, who played under Babcock. Interesting. 
Interesting. And just to remind everyone, Hainsey was uh, Morgan Riley's uh, defense partner on the top pairing. Yeah, so. top pairing defenseman. <laughs> Added to the list. Wow. Yeah. So we'll see how this fun, plays man. out over the next 24 to 48 hours. I'm sure we're going to find out more news um, very, very soon here. So stay tuned, everybody. And I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about this on the next episode of the GFP podcast. But what it could what it could be too, Bruno, is the legally the Jackets in the NHL are trying to figure out all the intricacies of eliminating the contract because you're owed your money as a coach. Well, if this is happening, Columbus is like, no, we're not paying him for a case like this, whatever his contract is, the term, I don't know, but that could be part of it where the NHL is involved. I just think if he wasn't getting fired, like I think this thing would get squashed immediately. Like it appeared to be when the jackets released that, that statement. But now that the NHL PA is meeting with the jackets meeting with the, with the NHL, like, it's just bizarre, man. I just think something is happening, and I have a weird feeling that he is not going to be head coach of the Blue Jackets for the upcoming season. It's just just crazy. But anyway, let's move on now. That's enough sure. Babs talk. Let's, uh, let's talk about the NHL's Eastern Conference. It's going to be such an interesting season because... The Boston Bruins are obviously going to take a step back without Bergeron and and Krejci. The Leafs, at the start of free agency, people were pissed off and saying, oh my God, Brad Living has no idea what he's doing. And then it quickly switched to, oh my God, he brought in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi. And now the Leafs look like they're a, a front runner again. And then you have Carolina, who's just good every year. You have the Devils, who look like maybe the best team in the Eastern Conference. Like, they're a damn good team, and I know they did nothing in the playoffs last year, but they look like they're one of the teams to beat in the East. And then you have, like, the veteran teams like Pittsburgh and Washington. So, And then you have, like, the other young upstart teams like Buffalo and Ottawa. I mean, I shouldn't even call Ottawa an upstart team anymore because Lepore, like, they've just Here stink. Go, Here we go, Bruno. I mean, I don't even. I, I'm not even going to start. Don't don't get me started here. I, I'm just going to steer clear of that. I've bashed the Ottawa Senators enough. But anyway, there's a lot going on. So let's do a little back and forth here, posing some questions about some things that could happen in the Eastern Conference this year. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to ask you the first question? I'll you ask me. Your you ask me, Bruno. I'll uh, I'll be put on the spot first. Okay, do you want a leaps question or a non-leaps question? You can ask whatever you want. That's the game here. You can do whatever you want. We'll go. Well, you can. You're, you're going to ask me more than one question. So, okay, no, I'll start with the Leafs. Then, do you think okay. the Leafs are going to? You think they're going to win the President's Trophy? <sighs> and may, if you don't think they're going to win the President's Trophy, do you think they're going to finish as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? It's a tough question. For some reason, for some reason, and this is not even a true positive thing in my eyes, I think the Leafs are going to have an explosion of a regular season. I think maybe they do break their mark of 115 points. Whether or not they're going to win the President's Trophy, I mean, it changes every year. If you get some random team that puts up like 135 points or if 120 points, they'll do it. I think they'll be in the discussion, and I know that's kind of like a safe answer, but it's tough because both divisions both divisions are competitive as well like there's no real easy wins anywhere but i will say i say they come second i say they i say they 
have the second best record in the East and it's the second best record overall. That'll be my answer. Okay. So you think the top two teams in the league are going to, are going to come from the Eastern conference this year? Yeah. I'll guess. I want to say Jersey again, like this young team, regular season. And that's always, you don't want to call it like a mistake. These young teams make, but like this focus in the regular season. And then when teams get older, you can tell like Tampa, like yeah they know what they're doing like they're hanging around now they they know it's not worth going full throttle where these young teams just go and maybe they can because they are younger and they have the legs whereas the older teams know they have to save their energy a little bit but yeah for some reason i'm thinking jersey's got it this year this will be like their coming out party of their trajectory has been on the rise but i think for jersey now it's like real and true we're fuck you good get out of the way so yeah, they're like one of the deepest teams in the league at this point, and they have a really nice cap sheet as well. Again, every star player in the NHL, Jack Hughes included, they all just sign eight-year deals at reasonable numbers, but not in Toronto. Mm-hmm. The only reason I think the Leafs are really in play to win the President's Trophy, and I've been saying they're going to win the President's Trophy for the last three years, I think they're. I think Matthews is going to have a big bounce-back season. And okay. when Matthews goes into fuck you mode and he starts, you know, he hits 50 goals and he's at 55, I think the, and Marner's probably going to finally hit a hundred points this year after he had 99 last season. I think they're going to be at a point where it's like, all right, we're chugging along here. Like let's fucking let's go for it. Let's finish as the number one seed. Let's have like a major fuck you season after everyone, you know? Yeah. I I don't want to say people like shit on the Leafs last year for going out in the second round to the Panthers. Like they finally got over the hump, but they're still like, this negative energy towards the Leafs. And I think they want to give a big F you to the league. And I think it's going to come with a president's trophy victory. Yeah. And then when they go in the first round, it's going to be, yeah, then they're going to lose in the first round to Ottawa. So it's going to be great. It's going to be be fantastic. fantastic. And that's why I said before, when I was saying, I think it's really in play and they could do it. I don't necessarily mean that as a positive thing. I won't care and i've said before in the show it's a nightmare of mine the leafs winning the president's trophy you have said that multiple times oh we don't need that you better win the cup boys because even a finals loss we're gonna have to hear about oh they won the trophy that doesn't matter but so i'll i'll ask you sort of like a um a response question to something you touched on okay it'll be one of those what is more likely okay what is more likely on the toronto maple leafs bruno mitch marner finally and deservedly gets 100 points in a season or Matthew scores I'll say 50. Ooh, that's a really good question because if you had said Matthew scoring 60, I would have instantly said Marner getting 100 points just because it's easier to get 100 points than it is to score 60 goals in my opinion, and I think the math would bear that out, but um that's a great question. You know what, Lapore? I'm going to say Matthew scoring 50 hmm. is a little more likely because think about it, like he had I don't want to call it a bad season. Like, that's just stupid. No, he I did. Feel like For a his lot standard, of he like, did. Oh, Matthews was trash last year. Like, go look at his stats from last season. Like, in an off year, in 74 games, he had 40 goals and 85 points. Yeah. But for his and standard, he was probably what we playing expected, with, a, with a bad wrist pretty much the entire season. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to say... I, I think here's what I will say. I think Marner's going to get 100 points, and I think Matthews is going to score 50 goals. But I will say, even though it might be kind of crazy and the math is kind of against me, and this goes, you know, against like sort of the numbers and stats that I believe, I think it actually is more likely that Matthew scores 50 um, than Marner getting 100 points because I think Marner could get stuck on like 97, 98 again. 
Maybe he misses a little bit of time. I mean, Matthews can miss time as well, but when Matthews like really gets rolling, I mean, he's going to score 50 just falling out of bed based Mm. on what he did in the previous two seasons. Like he scored 60 and 73 games, 41 and 52 games in the shortened season. And then the year before that, it was like that first season that was paused by COVID. He had 47 goals in 70 games. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if he plays like 75-ish games, like he's going to score 50. Okay. Anyway. Uh, all right. So you want me to go next? Uh, I, I guess I, I guess it is my turn. It is your turn, Anthony Bruno. Um, okay. So not focusing on the Leafs, let's go to another team in the East. You know what? Screw it, Lepore. I'm just going to, because they are your second favorite team. Oh, fuck. Here we I'm go. Just I knew the Senators question was coming. Are the Ottawa Senators going to make the playoffs this year? You're doing that to me, eh? I had to do it. I'm pausing because, I mean. Tough. It's tough. If I had to guess, it's a, it's one of those weird things because my brain says yes. But my gut says no. And I'm wondering if that feeling in my gut is just sort of confirmation bias of like things that have happened to them in previous seasons, both within their control and not in their control of injuries, getting off to slow starts. I mean, they had problems. They, they were hit with the uh, the, COVID, the COVID stuff worse than anybody else. But if I had to say yes or no, I'll go with my brain. I'll go with my brain. So I, I look at the lineup and it's the old saying of you, you don't really have to show off that much to make the playoffs. It's that consistent record of just, you know, five and four or whatever it is consistently. And you look at that lineup, they replaced a brinket with Tarasenko. I think Kubalik was a nice add to the depth. And if they have an injury, he can move up. There's Pierre Dorian was on TV yesterday saying that he's, feeling pretty good about Pinto signing before camp starts. Corpus Allo and Nets. I'll go with my brain and say, I think they do. I, I, th- I think they, I think they sneak in. I think people are giving, I don't want to say people sometimes fall in love with teams or they fall in love with stories. I don't believe in Buffalo yet. I like their team a lot. Like they're under someone posted their under 26 team and it's absolutely bananas. I mean, whatever this was posted, I mean, maybe guys are older now, but Thompson, Darlene, Cousins, Millsad, Quinn, Paterka, Samuelson, Power, goes on. Levi, Austin, Kulik, Benson, like they're stacked. Nice young core, man. Yeah, they're stacked and they're young. But I still think there is that like jump for them where they need like one year of getting close where for this Ottawa group with, you know, Giroux and Shabbat have been around. Yeah, like, they're a more veteran team. Kachuk's a Kachuk, but what I will say, and and I'll end it with this, okay? What I will say about this team, and Sens fans, comment down below. I'd like to hear your take on this. There's been a lot of positivity around the Sens, okay? And I have made the point that here, I'm in this city. There's been sort of this like, and maybe because I'm a Leafs fan, I'm used to negativity. Everyone's pumping their tires all the time. Like, oh, this player's amazing, or we're such a great young team. And it's fine to feel that way. But when bad things are happening, I find that nobody was getting pissed off. Almost like the standard and expectations were too low. But on the other side of that, well, it's all positive all the time. And Sanderson had a good year last year. He signed his deal. 
Sens fans are expecting Stutzla to get 100 points this year. Brady Kachuk's a year older. It's a full year of Chikrin. And everybody keeps talking about how good they are or how much better they are. They're this up-and-coming team, okay? I think it's up to Shabbat, Kachuk, and Giroux to keep this team in check because I think they have a legit shot to make the playoffs, but it's not going to be easy. So if they're going in thinking that like they're the shit and whatever because everyone's telling them they are, it's not going to happen because it's going to be hard. There's going to be a team that we're not even considering that's going to be good or like way better than we thought they were going to be. And those spots are hard with all the strength in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Metro division. How, who knows how many spots will be available from, from the Atlantic. So I think that's, to me, that's a story of this year. They got to go dialed in. And we've seen before this team gets out to slow starts. They got to start. Well, we touched on before how they got to stay healthy. You can say that about any team, but this team has to get their confidence full-blown right away, I think, to make it. But long story short, Bruno, if I think they're going to make the playoffs, if you gave me, like, the pie chart and said which one's more than 50, I'd say yes, I think they make it. Here's all I'm going to say. The Senators are going to miss the playoffs by one point. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, what's interesting, too, right? If he was, oh, is this team going to make the playoffs? Like, last year, what, the 8 seed had, like, 92 points, and then the year before, it was 100 so I think they'll be in the, if I had to guess, I, I think they'll be in the nineties. I think that's kind of how I look at it, but that yeah, might not they be. have to be in the nineties. Exactly. They're not in the 90 point range this year. Everyone's getting fired. Like that's exactly. just a disaster. But then is that going to be good enough? Like that's the question on like the, the they're going to need at least out. 94 to hundred or 94 to 95 points. I yeah. should say the magic number. I think they say like historically is 96. I think like get 96. I think it's the number that they always Because last year, the Panthers got in with 92 and they finished one point behind the flames who didn't get in in the Western conference. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it all depends, right? It's a year to year thing, but typically you need somewhere in the mid nineties to have yeah. a, a decent shot of at least getting a wild card spot. And I think the senators are going to finish one point shy. I think I've well, broken down the Senators like a million times. I'm not even going to get into it because I could probably go all all day, but they're improved. They're going to have a better season than last year, but they're going to miss the playoffs by one point. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. Okay, last question for Bruno. Let's go. This is a fun one. Who are the top three teams in the Atlantic after 82 games in order? Wow. It's a good That's one, That's a great eh? question. It's we kind of talked about this on a recent show, and I'm kind of going back and forth. So here's what I'll say. I'm I'm confident the Leafs are going to win the Atlantic Division. I know you're a Leafs homer. Fuck you. You're so biased. The Leafs are going to win the Atlantic Division. Okay, that is like there's no doubt in my mind. Ooh, it's it's who's going to finish that. two and three. The lay Boston the Bruins are not going to be a top three seed. Like that's another team that I think is in that Ottawa range where they're going to have like a mid ninety point season and maybe miss the playoffs. Um. So. I'm going to say it goes Leafs. And listen, I know the Panthers are banged up heading into the season. And listen, like Kachuk is now back to full health, but like Montour. You like the, you like Ek- the Panthers, eh? I think the Panthers are going to finish second in the division. Ooh. I think it's going to go Leafs, Panthers. And I know this sounds so boring. And then I think the Lightning are going to finish third. I still yeah. think that there's a gap between those three teams. And Boston would be in that tier if they didn't lose their top two centermen. But then you have Ottawa. Ottawa, they're going to be good. 
but I don't think they're going to be quite good enough to get into that top three. Honestly, if, if Stutzla comes out, I mean, Stutzla had a great season last year, but if he comes out and has like a hundred points and solidifies himself as a star in the league, then maybe that, you know, upsets my prediction of those top three teams. But I, I know it's boring Lapore, but I got Leafs, Panthers, Lightning, one, two, three in the Atlantic. Okay. So you think Florida's going to make it? Because if you think Florida's second, you think they're going to be easy 100 points then? Yeah. And I, I know even like I was talking to my friend recently about this. He's like, but man, like Florida has all these injuries, like heading into the season, all the guys that were banged up from the cup run. I just like that team. I think they're deep. I think they got a lot of great players. And I think Tampa's, I don't think Tampa's quite as good as the Leafs or Florida. Like I think, and again, Tampa could just be in like, we're just coasting into the playoffs mode. Like they've been doing now for the last like two or three years. So I, I'm going to stand by that. Uh, who knows? I might change my mind a month from now, right when the season starts. But that's what so I'm going with my top three. Battle of Florida in the first round. Everyone will be tuning in, all the diehards. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. A- anything yeah. else, Lepore, you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast? I think I'm good, Bruno. I think we kicked the shit out of Babs enough <laughs> with regard to getting things off our chest. But that was fun, man. And uh, like you said... I won't be shocked if by the time this gets posted, there's more news on Bob's, whether he's staying or going. Yeah, I, I think we're going to find out very soon. I, I'm i hoping that by the time we release this podcast, there's already not news out that he's been fired or that, honestly, I mean, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. We're going to release the podcast, but I think we're going to find out very, very soon what's going to happen with Mike Babcock. And his future and his future as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. But that is gonna do it for episode 115 of the Gluns for Punishment Podcast or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Laporte and Anthony Bruno. If you're a longtime listener or a new listener and you really enjoyed this episode, it would do us wonders if you give us a five-star rating and review on either Apple or Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you really enjoyed the content, this is so simple, but we would appreciate it so, so much because it helps immensely on YouTube. If you just smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, and while you're at it, ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. And we want to hear from you in the comments what you think about the whole Babcock situation and even the other discussion we had about how the Eastern Conference is going to play out this season. So... We'll be back next week with our next episode. Uh, We'll probably have the Babcock news and hopefully some more Leafs news to talk about as well. But until then, um, enjoy, enjoy your time. I mean, maybe you have a little bit more time off before the NHL season starts, and then you're going to be not seeing much of your family and friends. Yeah, sitting on the couch, hockey all the time. Yeah, shit. (laughs) <laughs> Sportsnet now. Sportsnet now knows. Yeah, I'm getting emails every day. Every day. Don't forget to renew. Oh, yeah. you're getting renewed. Yeah. Awesome. So we have about another month before uh, you know, we're just gonna be watching hockey every single night, which is not a bad thing, but you Amazing. know, you have a little bit more time to see your family for the time being. So for Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno. We love you, GFP Nation. We'll talk very soon. Until the next one, have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Cause I'm a mac and I say yo, slow